Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the one and only Murder Dave and the Sports Hernias. My name, as you know, is Murder Dave, and with me are the two hernias. Uh, Stu, hi, Stu. Stretch it out! boy. That's good advice. And John. How you doing, fellas? Is that your catchphrase you're working on? I have nothing. You guys know that. Oh, I just I know that you haven't had anything to date. I was just wondering if this was your first attempt at coming up with something. I was going to say it once sounded you go. Like an, it sounded like an attempt. Yeah. I don't it, seem I don't seem like a catchphrase sort of person. That's why it it uh, threw me for a little threw me off. Um, I'm not interesting enough to have a catchphrase. Oh come on. Um, our uh, our fourth member Clarence is on PTO this week. I believe he is attending the Twins game. And, he is. Uh, he is. Got to see the uh, first of, I imagine, hundreds of home runs by our pal Ed Rosario, which is great. Um, yeah, okay. Did you have something there, John? No, I don't see how Ed Rosario can possibly fail. I mean, he hasn't had ex- he hasn't had success at any level, but this one will be different. There we go. Just keep trying different levels, failing upwards. Exactly. He doesn't do well at double-A, move him out to triple-A. Doesn't do well there, majors, probably more his speed. One of these Although, levels has as, to be his speed. As I recall, that kind of is what happened with Brian Dozier, wasn't it? Like, Pretty much. Not very good at double-A, not very good at triple-A, so they brought him up to the majors and he did well there? Yeah, I think so. He was uh, one of those guys, and actually I think it's, a, it's, again, a strong comparison to Rosario where um, he was just really good in spring training, and he caught the manager's eye, and the manager kept saying how much he liked him, even though the numbers didn't really bear it out. And well, that worked. So, feather I thought in the Rosario ca- had terrible spring training numbers, though. Do I have that wrong? He may have had terrible numbers, but I just know that there were, at least from what I'm hearing of reports, there were quotes of Molitor just being enamored with the guy's whatever skill set, whatever you want to call it. So he I don't know if any like of that's a true. Player. That's the important thing. Isn't he just a little he guy? Really does. He looks good in a set of baseball pants. But he's little, isn't he? <laughs> Was that a sexist remark? I don't know. <laughs> Fill out those baseball pants real nice. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know us. We are creeps. We are yeah. filthy. We are terrible. Guys, let me ask you a question. The fact that the... Uh, publication that gave us a best of award is now owned by an owner that we shit on 
constantly does not bode well for us to be repeat winners, does it? <laughs> it really doesn't. So. We we were already heading for basically being a historical footnote when the when the history of the City Pages Best Sports Podcast Award was written. We were going to be barely mentioned. We were going, we going to be the we were going to be the Alexander Hamilton of City Pages Sports Awards. Uh, well, that said, uh, you know, Gleeman beats the shit out of Jim Suhan like every other week. So, Gleeman and the Geek aren't getting it either. So That's true. The I door is wi- the door is wide open for the worst podcast in the Twin oh, Cities. Oh, don't say it. Finally getting recognized. Don't say it. The no it. juice. Oh, oh. The no juice. <laughs> Gross. It's going to be Parker and Dan's here. It Absolute is. worst. They better yes, hope to I God nobody else they're, starts one. They're beaming right now. They're beaming from ear to stupid ear. Oh god, those dumb idiots! They've had they've had more kids than us in 2015. They're gonna have more awards than us next year. Yeah, everything's coming up. Them. Mm-hmm. Let's hope to God they just cancel the best of in general, so we just are always the winners from now on. That's our only hope. That'd be great. We could be like Miss, we could be like Miss Rosemount. They just cancel the award afterwards. <laughs> yeah. We are the Miss Rosemount of podcasts. That's a really good joke for the three people who know what that means. But uh, well, you Would you like to explain that one, Stu? Or I don't even like know what it means. Nope, going to let that one go. That's the spirit. I imagine it's just the story of the Miss Rosemount pageant being canceled at some point? Yes. Okay, all right. I'm pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, let's... Let's start with the where we left off last, last week, uh, which was the NFL draft. Vikings, uh, John, I want to hear your opinion on how that draft went. Well, they drafted a player in the first round, but that wasn't all, Brandon. They drafted more players in other rounds. So they drafted they a player. They ended up with, what, eight or nine picks? Because I know they, they went... they. They moved down a couple slots, and I think they picked up one or two extra picks, which I principally think is awesome. Uh, I'm really happy about that. Whether they're good draft picks or not, I think you just need to have a lot of picks, the old New England Patriots model. Um, but what do you think overall? Well, I know this. So on, I suppose it must have been Saturday afternoon. Clarence got stuck at a softball game, and so sent me a message on the twitter.com to say hey uh who did the vikings pick i can't get any cell for, i can't get any service or i can't figure out who it was and so just give me a little scouting report here so i looked and they had picked a guard or possibly a tackle from pittsburgh who had started his college career as a defensive lineman and had, and had only played offensive lineman for 2 years in his entire life so that i think when we when we lined up and said we really want to just wrap Teddy in a warm cocoon, a warm protective embrace with a lot of offensive linemen who are just going to take care of him because he's our guy, mm-hmm. that's kind of exactly the opposite of what we had in mind. You don't like the project. We also drafted a guy named Danielle, which almost regardless of what happens is probably going to be the best Vikings player ever to share the name with share a name with the wife of one of the sportive members. Yeah. I don't believe it's pronounced Daniel. Isn't it Daniel? I don't really care, Stu. Like the captain and Daniel. That's very possible. And I also don't care. Okay. Well, 
I'm not going to name shame a guy who could kill me with one punch. It's just a, it's a personal code that I keep. <laughs> Risky, okay, but it we're makes sense. Start being nice to people just because they could kill us. That goes for pretty much everybody we've ever talked about on this podcast. Uh, I'm sneaky fast, but Glenn Taylor could have us killed at any moment. No, yeah, yeah right. He'd, he'd call, he'd call in the head, and he'd like kill three guys named John Brandon and Steve <laughs> out of like Sioux Falls. <laughs> All the best intentions to murder still couldn't he's, go through with it. He's Lundegaard from Fargo. He's just, he's just <laughs> yeah. He would F it up so bad. I feel so bad for that. Those three dudes in South Dakota who never saw it coming, though. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's just got to be weird to be so successful in, in most of your walks of life and then take over a sports team and just be absolutely uh, horseshit at it for 30 years. I wonder if it's frustrating or if he's just so far gone, you know, like thinks he's still on the right path and has had some bad luck. We'll never really know, obviously, but that's crazy. Um Okay, so, John, you still haven't given me your... Do you want to give me a grade? If you don't want to walk through pick by pick, I totally understand that. Uh, let me know <laughs> do your... Do you want per- to walk through pick by pick? Do I, you honestly want to sit down and walk through the Vikings draft pick by pick? Is that what we've become as a podcast? I not only want to break it down pick by pick, I want to understand in what uh, special packages you think these guys will see some run this year. <laughs> Percentage of plays on the offense or defensive side uh, and potential impact. Give me your depth chart. They have, I think they have signed two guys who will start next year and a whole bunch of guys who will probably be on the practice squad. Maybe a fourth wide receiver. Maybe. If things go well, they may have found a new third down and 17 wide receiver. That's who I think they have. What is the scenario in which you would be in which you would be happy with this draft. Are you so much of a, a Spielman hater that it's essentially impossible to be impressed? All right. Let's let me co- let me try to come up with the scenario. Yep. First of all, um I've been hit on the head with a mallet and I have forgotten everything I know about the Vikings. Literally everything. Nothing has ever happened as far as I'm concerned. The Vikings are an expansion team. You're brand new to the country. You're a foreigner. Klaus. I don't speak English. I just got off the boat from Poland. I know nothing about football of any kind. I don't know anything about the Vikings' history, nor can I use the internet or the library to find out anything. Sounds like a dream. Yep. So... Basically, what has happened here is that the Vikings have left town and a new expansion team is coming in its place with none of the history. Yep. So that's that's number one. Number two, um, I... Stu, what actually, is happening? I don't think there is a number two. I think that's pretty much it. Stu, what is Stu, happening? Stu, are you okay? <laughs> no, I was adjusting my bottom so I could get comfortable on the couch. That's are all. you being attacked by a dinosaur? It sounds exactly like a dog is eating you. I was moving the laptop and the ah, there we go. Sorry about that. My word, I was frightened. I seriously thought we were watching Stu get uh, eaten alive by his dog. No, no, no. Sophie wouldn't do that. I wouldn't think so. Um, Are are we still talking about draft picks we know nothing about? John's just starting to walk through uh, break a breakdown of each of the nine draft picks. All right. Okay, Okay. John, so you have amnesia. You have football amnesia. I have football amnesia, and I'm looking at the draft and going, 
who are these guys? I've never heard of any of these guys. And you start with Trey Waynes, who seems like, yeah, he's good at football, right? He seems to be pretty good at football, and they already have one good cornerback, so why not two good cornerbacks? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the number one place that I would have said the Vikings need help with. It seems like offensive line or linebacker or really any of a number of positions would be a more important thing. But, hey, that doesn't that doesn't stop me. He looks like he's a good cornerback. He mm-hmm. can always use cornerbacks. Yep. Then you get down into the second rounds, and I start getting confused a little bit. They got a linebacker. Um, I hear he's a project. I think that's right. Nope. He is the opposite of a project. He's an immediate starter. Oh, he's an immediate starter. He's a field general, so, John. He's a field so general. Calling the plays. Is he... Now, tell me, the, tell me the truth here. Is he slow and undersized? He probably is both, I'm guessing. If he, if he immediately is known as like the smart field general responsible type, that to me seems like they couldn't talk yep. about his actual athleticism. Although, um, it seems to be when you, when you read things about him, they think he is actually a great, dra- a great um, athlete. Um, and supposedly a really good value pick, but I don't have any idea. I'm, I have never seen him play. Eric Kendricks is his name. Yep. So slow and undersized. <laughs> Probably. That's what I've got so far. Didn't Anthony Barr also play at UCLA? Yeah, they were teammates. So has UCLA been awesome and I just haven't been paying attention? Well, I don't think if you have two good linebackers, you're immediately awesome. I guess I don't really understand how the Pac-10 works, but I feel you like there's probably it. more than that. You would think if you had two linebackers who were legitimate first or second round NFL picks that you would hear something about, wow, this UCLA defense is awesome. I mean, I think this they were is, okay. Cause this is impressive. I, I have no I idea. Know. They didn't carry the offense if that's, or the defense if that's what you're saying. You sound to I, me like you don't have amnesia because you are already going, must be small and undersized. <laughs> this is just from what I know of the Vikings. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's exactly right. Which Although isn't unfair. Is, it is true that if you're willing to look on the downside, you can find the downside in any guy. Oh, oh. he's good at football? Must <laughs> yeah. be small and undersized. <laughs> oh, he's got great size and great speed? He's never seen the game of football before. I'm not he's saying... He's a wrestler who they drafted to play football. Yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong to take into account the... Uh, past foibles of our guy Rick Spielman, but I'm just curious how much of that of is playing into into this uh, into this specific draft. Because I'm pretty sure if we go back one year, and I'm sure Wade has already done this, if we go back one year and listen to us talking about last year's draft, I'm pretty sure I was highly critical of Anthony Barr because he wasn't very good at football. He had all the combine numbers, but he wasn't good at football. And now I'm turning around with his teammate. And I'm saying the opposite. <laughs> he, doesn't have, he doesn't have the speed and the size. I don't care how good he is at football. So I guess what I'm saying here is, if nothing else, this conversation has proved that I am a filthy hypocrite. <laughs> well, it's your right as a sportsman to be a filthy hypocrite. I think that's totally fine. I, I think I'm for sure the worst. Well, I think you're tied. You're tied with the rest of us. Stuart, what are your thoughts? On the draft or on just uh, the Vikings in general? Uh, I would like to start with a draft. Where is... Hold on, I want to back up for a second. We picked a guy out of a college called Newberry. Yeah, it's Newberry. Uh, Div- Division Two. Where is Newberry? Uh, Even believe- for us, that's pretty obscure. Newberry? We're going to be here all night trying to guess where that yeah, is. 
No, I'm pretty sure Georgia. I think Georgia. All right, we're gonna we're gonna fact check that. Go ahead, Stu. Um, my take is that uh, earlier this evening, um, excuse me, I just burped on Mike. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> hey, it can't was, be any worse than when your dog ate you. No, <laughs> yeah, no. That's um, true. That was I, I'm chasing a. I, I'm chasing my wedding anniversary froyo with a beer, and it's just. Oh, that's right! It's your anniversary today. Happy anniversary, Stu. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, fifteen um, years. Good for you. We cheers to you on Saturday night as well, man. We have really been yeah. keeping in touch a lot lately. Yes, we have. It's and I saw John the night before that, or it's the night yeah. before that. One of the two. It's like we're three. real friends now. Um, it's weird. It's yeah. That's it's it's not it's not not the best situation to be honest. But, Sounds. Uh, my guess is a uh, froyo followed by a beer is not the best taste. No, it's yeah, it's giving me it's giving me the indigestion. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yikes. Um. Anyway, earlier tonight, before we got sidetracked on three different subjects, there, uh, our our friend, our guy Tom Pelissero, had a story at USA Today. Oh no. About uh, uh, John's friend uh, Todd, or what's the left tackle's name? Todd Matt, Gurley. Matt no, Khalil. Matt Khalil, not Todd. Jesus. Um, he had double arthroscopic knee surgery. Oh, and no, 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 we're not done. He's also getting experimental procedures that people get for, like, you know, with the arthritis and the scurvy and, like, the, the, you know, the weird medical conditions one gets when one's, like, getting super old. Oh, yikes. So, yeah, uh, that's that. I mean, that might explain why he had such a precipitous drop off from his, we call it an all pro rookie season. We should sure struggle in 2000. I mean, we don't have access to Wobby's all 22 tape where he saw improvements. <laughs> Wobby year. liked it. Wobby liked him. Yeah. yeah. Wobby loved it. Yeah. We, we were, we were just constantly underrated him because we were actually watching the games. But, uh, we hate that. They, I mean, we do have, we do have an answer now as to why he has sucked the last few years because his knees weren't working, which makes absolutely. According to Wobby, he's a warrior. He is a warrior. He gets out, he goes out. There. If you look at the all twenty-two, John, he's a lunch <laughs> bail. He's a lunch bail guy. Yeah. So, so I'm so not anyway, sure. Anyway, that I'm, I'm terrified of that. I, I don't know if Clarence has seen that yet because he's been at the baseball game. So I don't even. Does one of you want to forward the article to him tomorrow? Okay. I don't want to. I don't have the time. This. I have meetings tomorrow. I, I can't have my phone I, blowing yeah, up with him. Yeah. Him razzing oh, me the entire scared. day. I mean, gonna, initially you think, oh, the guy was injured and he's gotten surgery. That's good news. He's going to be better next year. But when it's these type of surgeries, sounds yes. like we should just take him behind the barn. Don't you? Yeah. Whenever, whenever experimental is being bandied about, I mean, yeah. that's like, you know, like, I mean, the only person I think who has, like, you know, gotten better after this, like when Kobe Bryant went to Germany to get, like, the platelets uh-huh. and, like, dr- like, dragon's blood. That's what I did to my elbow. I did the exact same thing. Yep. Platelet rich. I I'm a believer Platelet just rich, because of Kobe. Like you got the you got the Khaleesi and the Hodor and I mean, <laughs> you know there's you had Game of Thrones shit going on there. But uh, yeah, I, I I was not left terribly confident. I mean, it's it's an upbeat article, but I let's just say I need, I'm going to need some convincing that he's ever going to be good again. Yeah, that is. So that was my. I, I I don't know nearly enough about the draft to comment except to talk over Lindsay Gensel trying to talk about it. That's, that's right. really all. I, you that's know, all I've got. you're actually amazing at that, though. You're one of the best I'm in the industry. So good at it. So I really could. I should have said, well, actually, the whole time. 
<laughs> just, to have made, just to have made it worse. Yeah. I was we in between really... you two like a tennis match. I'm like, are these two both just not going to stop talking? And I realized you couldn't hear each other. That's why. That's right. why I was. I thought for a second it was like a pissing match between you two. No, no. I just yeah. I love Lindsay. I just I wasn't paying attention, which is nothing. I recall both Brandon and I were looking at Lindsay, and absolutely nobody was paying any yes. attention to Stu. Yes. He was just yammering. That's right. Yeah. I forgot to put the microphone down. I, was just, I don't even think I thought I was on the podcast. I just, yeah. just chatting. Just having a chat. Just chatting. Yep, just talking. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's my football That's my football uh, stuff. So I got nothing beyond that. I think that's, um, that is really terrible. I, I mean, I have to think that everybody in, in organized football, even a numbskull like Rick, understands the importance of a left tackle. So why... If they know he has all these issues, why they wouldn't? Um, whether Trey Waynes is going to be amazing or Eric Kendricks is going to be amazing, why you wouldn't take a offensive tackle with one of the, those two leads me to believe that they think he's going to be fine, right? Right. Doesn't mean that they're right because they've been wrong a million think, times yeah, before. But you, you, you wonder if it's think or hope. That's. Uh, and I forget: I, is hope a strategy? Uh, hope is not. Hope is not. Not not a plan. Hope is not a strategy. It is okay. when it comes okay. to Teddy Bridgewater. Then it is a <laughs> oh, plan. <yeah. laughs> it's not only a strategy; it's the best strategy. It's all we've got. Yeah, but there's more than. I mean, he he showed it on the field, guys. Our Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. Um, let's look on. Let's look on one bright side with this year's draft. Yeah, Rick Spielman managed to resist drafting anybody from Notre Dame. And he only drafted one tight end, which I admit is a position the Vikings didn't really need. But Rick just loves himself a tight end. So the fact that he only drafted one and he waited until the fifth round to do it, I think that should be taken as a victory. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And at the risk, and I was I was nervous coming into this podcast um, to discuss this draft just because of one Clarence Swamptown. Um but now that he's not here, I feel a little bit more comfortable saying I think this was a really good draft overall. Uh, Trey Wayne's uh, position of need and everything you see from other experts seem to say that he's a really good player. And like you said, you can't. You're, there's if he's a good enough a good cornerback, there's always going to be a place for a good cornerback on the squad, right? No matter what sort of defense. Um, they have running out there. So I think, and also, uh, Zimmer is a defensive backs guy, right? So that seems to me probably a pick that Zimmer wanted, which also shows that, um, Spielman seems to like and appreciate Zimmer. What do you think? Is that weird? Does that check out? (laughs) We have gotten into trouble on this podcast from inferring anything based on what Mike Zimmer is or is not. Of course. So I just don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. I know that we, it's not. We don't have any clue who actually makes these, but knowing that um, he is a defensive backs, like that's his actual job. Knowing that this guy was taken, I would have to think that. I don't know. It's the closest I can get to to feeling really confident that he had some um, some say and some input on the on the pick. So I think that's good news overall that he didn't play cowboy here and make some weird ass pick on his own. Uh, I think. Um, so that's good news. And then Eric Kendricks, by and large, from every expert, um, including Bill Barnwell, who I trust him about as much as anybody, um, thinks that he's going to be really, really good. And again, if you can take a cornerback and a linebacker that can both play next year, you just 
shored up two huge weaknesses for their defense, who and the defense wasn't terrible last year to begin with, so that's really good news. And then do you, Brandon, do you see Kendricks as more of a strong side linebacker or a middle linebacker? I think that he's a middle linebacker, but I don't know for sure. Potential middle linebacker? I think so. Um, as we know, I mean, they got Chad Greenway on the weak side, so that's just locked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, gonna play, if you wanted to come into this Vikings football team and play a weak side linebacker, you might as well just put your helmet away and lose it until the end of the season because you're not going to see the field. Not with him around. What a champ. Not with him around. What a goddamn champion. Um, and then beyond that, this uh, TJ Clemmings, who you were giving shit to because he just started playing football. Um, well, he just started playing offensive line. Right, exactly. Uh, Barnwell really likes that pick as well. thought he should have gone a lot higher, which is uh, good news, just because, in particular, Matt Khalil is the, uh, gives me nightmares. So if there's somebody that can play somewhere on the offensive line this year and take out whoever the worst one last year, while we hope that Khalil's uh, Bulgarian surgery goes well, um, that's good news. And then... Um, that uh, I don't think we need a tight end either, but this guy's name is Michael. Michael Pruitt. Michael with a capital C. Michael, yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, uh, Pruitt, and then that it could just um, be Michael. It could literally just be pronounced Michael. Why don't no, we just go Michael. with it's Mike? It's Michael. Anyway, Mike Pruitt. Uh, his parents are going to be furious with us for not doing the uh, official pronunciation. <laughs> They're both his listeners. Parents his parents. His parents named him Michael. I think they were probably cognizant that there were going to be some pronunciation issues. I would expect, future. John, I would expect some hate mail from the Pruitts tomorrow morning once they listen to this. Once this How thing gets posted, you, 30 minutes after that. Uh, How can you not do the work of learning how to pronounce our son's name during your very famous sports podcast? Jim and, and Marge Pruitt are going to be emailing us immediately. Um Pruitt, and can then I see this. If I can find out what his parents' names are, I'm sure it's his Jim and Marge. Name is like Nicole. It's Nicole, and like you know, she had him, and like now he's my Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Really? He's wow. not making this up. His yeah. mom's name is Colette. <laughs> Mike, really? Oh, there we go. Oh boy! All right. Well, uh, Lil Colette Jr. and then this other guy, Stefan. Is it? Is it seriously Stefan Diggs? Stefan Diggs. Uh, both also seem to be getting some props as being um, legitimate players. So to me, you know, my point of view with a draft is if you get you know one or two starters, that's a pretty good draft typically. If you look around the league, um, and they seem to have two in Waynes and Kendricks and a bunch of other guys who could end up being good. So I don't know, man. It's, it seemed to me like the exact draft pick that that I would do if I were running the team. It seems like Stefan Diggs' real problem is that he's skinny. I don't know if he's like Corey Brewer, chicken leg skinny, mm-hmm. but apparently he's slender, let's say. Okay. A small guy that's basically hurt all the time. Oh, all right. Like a so he's a short guy, like a like a Percy. Let's see here. No, he's a normal height, but apparently, apparently, he's not a particularly large receiver. Okay, you know I like him big, John. A cornerback like Trey Waynes would just pick him up and throw him into the stands. Okay, all right. Well, that's good for Trey. I mean, at least he's on our team, so he won't have to face him on this- Sundays. 
it seems like this is sort of a bigger corner era in football. Like, it usually goes in cycle where there's huge wide receivers, so there get to be huge cornerbacks to cover them, and then you get these small, speedy little guys, so then you need small, speedy little cornerbacks to cover them. Maybe yeah. that sort of era is ended, but... No, it's, I think that stands to reason. I think I, I was reading that a big trend with taller cornerbacks uh, mostly came out of Seattle being so dominant because that's what their sort of scheme is. Those guys were all beasts. True. So who knows? Um, that but, seems like actual information. That's near, That's like actual, possibly a fact. I read articles. I read you the read articles. Stuff. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm yet you don't know how to pronounce Michael slash Michael Pruitt's name. Mike. His name is Mike Pruitt. His name is Mike Pruitt. Yep. Played at Southern Illinois. There you go. Exactly. So I don't know how this is going to end, but I am encouraged that this is the draft I would have made if I were GM, and I'm also encouraged that the first pick of uh, defensive back seems to me that um, Zimmer is well-respected internally. That's my conclusion. I know you wrote this before you knew Clarence wasn't going to be here, but you don't necessarily have to read it just to try to antagonize him through the speaker. (laughs) I'm not reading anything. This is just like, this is not a bit. I'm legitimately, I think it's a fine draft. That doesn't sound like something I would say. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm a terribly negative person. I I mean, it was a boring draft for sure. I was, I was at for a while, like, Oh, whatever. It's kind of ho-hum, but then I'm like, those are probably the best type of drafts are the ones where you're not like super pumped about something because then that's probably a reach or, you know, like I'm sure Browns fans were just ecstatic last year. They got Johnny Manziel, but that's because that was a, you know, crazy reach of a pick. We didn't do that this year, which is fine. And I would have liked uh, offensive linemen because I'm so obsessed with our guy, little Teddy B, but I'm not overly mad that our defensive minded coach got some good defense defensive players, there's somewhat of an identity there. Um, at least on the defensive side. They did draft they did draft three offensive linemen, so I guess that's something. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully if one can stick. I mean, how many offensive linemen I mean obviously left tackles are always, you know, top of the draft, whatever, but the other the other guys sort of seem to I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but they're not necessarily first round picks for your left guard, right guard, whatever else. So who knows? Well, it is almost always true that if there is a player on your favorite NFL team that went to a college that no one you know has ever heard of, that person is almost certainly a center or a guard. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when they're reading the positions, the skill position guys are like Miami, Florida State, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and then you get to the linemen, and it's stuff like Newberry. <laughs> yeah. Which still have we have rock. we have confirmed is not a college. That guy lied to yeah. us. Newberry it's is in a, South Carolina, by the way. I looked it up. It's in South Carolina. So Stu is just fucking with us. To Georgia, which is in <laughs> the same quarter of the country that Georgia is. So you're hoping that yeah. we just do like the hand after a children's book award. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see. I'm I'm curious to know what our what our guy Clarence is is upset about with this, but. Um, He's upset about everything. You of know course. him. Of course. There was a, I can't remember if it was uh, the dude from KFAN or one of the papers. Uh, the headline on the article was, uh, Spielman shows trust in Zimmer with his draft. Oh, so, so, yeah, I don't know if, well, I didn't read it because it was a trigger warning. <laughs> Just immediately. I don't, I don't know what I don't want to read it. I, 
Because when I see these stories now, I just try to figure how Brandon and Clarence are going to yell at each other about it, and it just makes my head hurt. Yeah. So I don't read the story at all because I just I just don't want to know, and I can just like you know zone out while you're yelling, go get a beer, you know, just you know. Yeah, arguing with him is sort of like up. that. Uh, it's sort of like the don't negotiate with a terrorist sort of deal. Like, don't try to bring reason into one of these conversations because no, I'm not going to know. Don't, don't. He's not here. He's not here. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but I just want to get on the record. I am not a Spielman lover by any means. I don't want to play the other side of that argument. I think he's sort of a doof, and I, I, I think I agree with you guys that. The Ponder pick in particular, he he could have been fired the next day, and I would have been super happy with it. But that doesn't yep. mean that he uh, that this wasn't necessarily potentially an okay draft. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I guess I'm happy to have a defensive minded team because that's the kind of coach we have. But I would de- I I would prefer to have a high flying offense team just purely because I know as well as you guys know we're never going to win a fucking Super Bowl. So I'd rather just have some fun watching some. Watching some TDs or football dingers, as I call them. Brandon, yep. you'll never have fun watching the Vikings. That that's not what Vikings football is about. Well, I was thinking if they were just if they scored forty points a game, they're one of the top offenses. At least it would be fun sometimes, right? That's true. If they were like Baylor when Robert Griffin the Third was there, when they played games that were finished seventy-five to sixty-seven and stuff like that, I guess that'd be fun. So if they if I don't know. I probably will regret saying it, but in a way, I would rather have them lose a thirty-seven to thirty-four game than to win like a ten to seven game. Just, just in general, because I already don't have any hope that the the ten seven win is going to lead to anything. You know, that's true. And that's going to be what it is: ten seven, probably. Poor Teddy doing everything he can to keep him in the game. Yep. Poor Teddy. He can't play safety, can he? Yeah, last I checked. He's not doing Iron Man. We'll see. He actually, for all of Teddy Bridgewater's manifold qualities, he would be a very bad safety. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a hard hitter. He doesn't strike me as strong or fast. Yeah, he's he's, awesome quarterback. he's just wily. And you're not going to get anywhere being wily as a defensive player. No. <laughs> Wiliness is not one of the things you look for out of your, especially your defensive backfield. Yeah, I call it Smash Mouth. I call it cohesiveness. Oh, oh, you mean togetherness? Cohesiveness. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> I love togetherness. It. I call it togetherness. I've always been a big togetherness guy. Um, okay, so with all of that out of the way, John, I'm curious about what in the hell has happened with the Wild. Are they just are a worse team? Is that I'm what not happened? sure What's I want to talk about I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about it yet. My, so uh, much excitement yeah in this town there's so much promise so much happiness they played they just dispatched the blues no problem pretty easy never really that far in doubt they always seemed like they were the better team they were getting better goaltending for sure the blues are getting terrible goaltending and it just seemed like this might be an excellent year for a playoff run that the Blackhawks weren't playing well. The Blackhawks had major goaltending issues, much worse than the Blues goaltending issues. We didn't even know who were. the Blackhawks were going to start, right? I mean, I know it's been Crawford, but there's kind of it, this doubt. Yeah, it was. It started with Crawford, then they went to their backup, then they came back to Crawford, and now Crawford is unbeatable. He's Dominic Hasek at Hasek's best. And every time 
the Wild make any mistake. Somebody falls down, somebody doesn't get a puck out, the Blackhawks score every single time. The best they can hope for is that Devin Dumnik makes an incredible save to keep him in the game. But otherwise, the Blackhawks, every time there's a mistake, they just pounce. And every time the Blackhawks make a mistake, somehow either somebody misses the net or Kyle Brodzak's on the ice. And so it doesn't really matter what the Blackhawks do. All their defensemen could fall down and have brain aneurysms and Brodzak's not scoring. So it just is depressing because it's everything that's unfair about life as expressed through a hockey series. <laughs> they seem... Uh... They seem pretty snake bitten. Is it another issue that they play the from what I'm from what I'm reading um, a very similar style of of the game? So there's no real advantage to the Wild. They have to somehow mix it up in a way that's probably just not possible considering their roster or the makeup of their team or whatever. Like they're both skill well, teams, right? Like fast rather than con- compared well, to the Blues, who are more of a brute. The Blues did sort of seem to decide that part of their strategy was going to be to try to smear the Wild after every single whistle. Like, after the whistle, the Blues would just go up to the next, to the nearest guy and just start hitting them in the hopes of, I don't know what, making them scared. And the Wild had a pretty good strategy for dealing with that, was just to laugh in their faces, which was kind of fun, actually. Right. Because it was, it was ultimately the best possible reaction. Don't get angry. Don't play down to their level. Just laugh at them for being idiots. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that all makes a lot of sense, especially when it's not you getting punched in the head. So that seemed fine, but the Blackhawks aren't really like there's not a lot of hitting after the whistle or anything in this series. They don't really, they don't really have an agitator to annoy everybody and become public enemy number one. They're just good at hockey. And when the Wilds grew up, they're there to put the puck in the back of the net, which sucks. Yeah. But. This was this was supposed this was going to be the one where the Wild didn't have that problem. It was like there was this linear thing where it started with the Wild getting swept two years ago, and then last year they took the Blackhawks to six games and were kind of unlucky to lose in Game Six. And so this was going to be the year that they took them the distance, and it was a knockdown, dragout fight. And instead, it's just Mike Tyson beating up a tomato can again. It just sucks. Yeah, I have a uh, uh, one of the guys uh, that I work with uh has just sort of recently gotten into hockey and it it seems to me like this was kind of the first year that he's really just like everyone else that's great yeah yeah but he came he became a super fan like like he was crazy super fan always want to talk hockey to me i try to keep up with him but anyway just sort of he has to he was so into it he like has to watch it by himself he's one of those fans you know like he refused to go out with friends because he was really into it but he was having a blast because this has been a really good season for the most part. And this is really his first year of getting really into hockey. And obviously when it started to go. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bad. It was down 2-0. I heard him in his cube and he was like, God, do you think, like, I feel like the NHL probably, like, probably wants Chicago because they're a big market, and <laughs> and he was just searching for things. I was like, oh, dude, oh, that's like, uh, it's like one of the five the steps le- of grieving, but for a sports fan, the number one thing you do is you start out with conspiracy theories because you don't want to admit that you put all your time into cheering for a team that just isn't good enough, you know? The league-wide conspiracy might be the stupidest the stupidest place to go with any potential. Well, he's just, yeah, he's just desperate. Reasoning. He doesn't want to be like, well, you know, they just, they're not as good or, you know, Hey, like hockey in particular, especially two games. It's like, Hey man, just had some bad luck here. It sucks. But you know, everyone, every once in a while that sort of thing happens. But I was just listening. I was like, Oh, so that's, that's the first thing that happens when you're a sports fan and you, and you see you experience real pain is you start trying to lob some of these, well, they just don't want us to win is the issue. It's because we're a small market or whatever. And I let them I've got a, stew for I've a got few a seconds. Uh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah, go for it, Steve. I, I'm, yeah. Oh, um, uh, one, I am a Mr. Puck. We mm-hmm. determined that. Yep, yeah. you're Mr. Puck. And I did say wild and seven, which mathematically can happen, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. It's happened four times in 176 chances. Yes. Something Maybe? 178. Four times in 180 chances. Okay, so there is a chance. Yeah. Um. So, uh, one, I'm still not wrong. So don't. So don't lose heart, wild fans. And uh, two, John's. Maybe you can help us with this. When the wild fans were yelling Crawford. At the game, at the game last night, were you? Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, Crawford was shutting them out. Why were they taunting him? <laughs> I weird time. Are all wild? Are wild fans who go to games that fucking stupid? Or they what? ran out of anything to do. I think. Because what were they going to do? Cheer for the wild successively dumping the puck in one one out of every four times they tried it. It just so, yeah. I I that really baffled me because it's, it's like you know the yelling making fun of Derek Jeter and stuff like that it just I don't if they Derek Jeter to, had hit like three home runs they exactly. got so used to being able to legitimately taunt Jake Allen in round one it just mm-hmm. made total sense there that wow this guy kind of sucks he's giving up soft goals let's taunt taunt him by chanting his name and getting his head a little bit because he's really sort of struggling right now so yeah. they got used to it, and then this Blackhawks series got there, and they thought, let's do it again. We're getting Corey Crawford's head, except he's just stoning them. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, obviously any fan behavior um, does nothing um, for the for the team. The, I know it's a fun thing to believe, but it doesn't do shit. So, But it does make sense, logically, if if uh, Allen or whoever is giving up a bunch of goals, people to taunt him to be like, oh, see, he probably doesn't want all this more attention on him, and he's... Now he's getting more tense or whatever, but when he's doing well and you're chanting his name, he's probably like, all right, yeah, thank you. 
Thanks for recognizing how good I am right now. Everybody stare at me. I'm amazing. You guys are helping me self-actualize. Thanks, guys. Yeah, confidence (laughs) is just soaring right now. This is amazing. Thanks for noticing. Thanks for noticing, everyone. It's good to be here. Yeah, he's waving. Yep. Yeah. I don't understand that either. It's just a real bummer. It's a bummer, man. It's... There's... I have no particular information just beyond that it really sucks and I'm depressed about the whole thing. Yeah, it I'm really sorry has to hear been, that. It really has been an excellent chance for my wife to try out various strategies of helping me cope. She doesn't really know how to react when I'm genuinely depressed about the outcome of something over which I have absolutely zero control. It's disheartening. She can't she can't figure out entirely why I'm interested and even more why I let it dictate my mood for so long. And so she's she's defaulted and I don't know if your wives do this, so you can help me out here, but she's defaulted to just completely ignoring me when I'm in one of these moods. Which I think is probably the only way to go. But is this something you've experienced as well? Um, no, I don't think she would ever just outright ignore me. I mean, she would definitely just give me shit about it constantly to a point where I'd have to just pretend that it wasn't bothering me anymore. All right. Like, that she wouldn't have like any sympathy. <laughs> she would have no sympathy your at feelings all. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she just wouldn't have any sympathy. But uh, how long does this mood affect you, John? Like, if the game not- gets... Like, is it the whole next day? No, not especially long. Yeah. I just feel like I've been depressed for like 10 minutes and then I'm probably over it. I just get, I get embarrassed. Like if, if, uh, and we've been burned just as Minnesota fans, obviously for so many years. But if I start actually putting stock and caring about a team and then they do terrible, uh, I usually won't finish watching the game if it seems like, oh, this, they're not going to come back. And I, I won't. I don't know. It just it, it's I feel extremely embarrassed to care about sports. <laughs> like so, I just have tried to trick myself over the past years to just not give a shit at all and go do something productive. <laughs> My dad's strategy, which actually is not a bad strategy, whenever the team did something that would make him mad, he would flip the channel out of anger because that's all he could do to somehow express his emotion and or punish the team by turning the channel and watching something else. So watching Twins games growing up with him was a constant battle, and somebody strikes out, flip the channel in anger, and all the innings over, and we'll sit there watching three minutes of the news, and then four pitches into the next inning, we're back at it with the Twins again, just because he can't stay away. But that was the only way to express the anger. I love that. So I've done I that knew, before, for sure. I knew some of that. Yeah, you like mentally go, well... At least I'm not paying attention to these guys. I'll do something better. I'll go. I'll go flip it to King of Queens. That'll show them. Yep. <laughs> Take that. Oh, Kevin James. Yeah, it's been a long time though since I've actually. Stu, Stu, are you all right? I'm saying goodnight to my daughter. Oh, okay. There goes Stu. Okay, hold on. What have we got going on here? Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> My dad's kind of weird, and you guys talk to him a lot. Okay, that's accurate. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Did you say? So did you so say good. congrats to your parents? You're understanding what goes on on Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> good step. <laughs> good night. And right she's now. running Bobby. away. Thanks, sweetie. Hey guys, I'm back. Sorry, and there Bobby. she goes. I'm glad that she had to report. The only lucid thought by a Newman on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the gist was my dad's weird, and you guys talk to him a lot. I think yeah. yes. So that's that about right. That seemed to be the. It's honestly the nicest thing I've heard a teenage girl say about her parents in my whole life. It really is. Yeah. You guys must be awesome parents. Uh, Or just trying not to screw up too bad. That's that's the name of the game. But your daughter came and said good night to you before she went to bed. That's something. Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. Must be going pretty well in the Newman household. Yeah. It's 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 a dream. It's a real. Real dream. Um, John, getting back to your question about how to deal with loss, I haven't actually cared about a team in a really long time that's lost, now that I think about it. You know, I don't. the while they're just not somebody because that I've been paying attention runner to. Because you're a or because you just don't care about stuff? You know, to be sad about something, you have to have expectations that it was going to be good. So I have had zero expectations for the Timberwolves or Twins for a really long time. Um so I don't know. Somewhere in the early mid two thousands with the Twins, when I thought they legitimately had a chance, I guess I was really depressed then. But that's maybe it. So it's been like ten years since I've even given a shit. Even wow. the Vikings, two thousand nine with Favre, I was on my honeymoon during that game and was super drunk, and had just sort of convinced myself that no matter what, it wasn't going to happen anyway. So that didn't surprise me. So I think that's the thing. You just continue to convince your brain that do- doesn't matter because they're going to lose anyway. And then you're never depressed. I mean, like, you're just generally a sad person. So you have that going. <laughs> if it doesn't matter anyway, what am I watching for? Uh, entertainment. Just Why pass wouldn't the time. I watch a scripted drama of some kind that is designed to provide me entertainment rather than to throw into sharp relief the inherent unfairness of life like sports is? Well, I think sports is more entertaining than scripted drama. You're watching art unfold without a script. That's amazing. And it's athletic. <laughs> and it gives but you something to talk about. 90% of the time, it's really terrible improv comedy. No, not 90%. You think it's that bad? I think you just have to... Well, I, I don't know. about sports or my Twitter feed. What? I don't, I don't know. I, sorry, I thought you were just making fun of my Twitter feed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sports are something are more social, and you can talk about them. You're not really gonna. I mean, how fun would it be to go to a bar with your friends and only talk about like Better Call Saul for two hours? But you could talk about sports for a really long time. Is that what non-sports fans do? I honestly don't know. What do non-sports fans talk about at the bar? Probably the food that they're eating. They turn into foodies. Oof. I don't want to go there. I know it's brutal. Brutal. That's the only thing you would have. I think you either have to be into sports or food. Those are two things. It's your only two options. I mean, I could get way into hunting or something. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, okay. Well, sports or food if you want to be social. If you want to be antisocial, yeah, dude, just do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. Like, hunting is great, but you don't want to talk about it. I don't... I'm not sure I particularly want... I don't know. We've we've had this kind of conversation multiple times, but I I don't know. I just... The only reason I can figure to watch sports is because it's fun to be there when something good happens to somebody you're cheering for. Yeah, there's there's bonding in every element of it. You don't have that in any other aspect of life where even if they lose, you still have something to complain about with somebody else. That's the whole the whole gist of this podcast. <laughs> it's like, That's let's true. at least bond over whatever. 
But there's, so if we talk about this much longer, we can establish that sports are meaningless, and therefore there's no way we should do this podcast every week. Yeah, but we can at least talk. I mean, imagine if you just if we just went out all week and had just terrible meals together, and then came here and, and just talked about the bad meals. That wouldn't be any fun at all. There's something fun even about the complaining, where it feels like, well, at least we're in this together. That would be fun if it was tacos and Clarence was there. Just and every hour was just like. Ugh, the tacos, man. They were bad. That'd be the whole thing. But I feel like other interests that are non-sports, like you said, hunting and fishing, those are super fun if you don't want to talk because the whole concept of those is that you don't talk while you're doing them, which is great, and you don't really talk about them afterwards. My stepdad's really into fishing, and I'll be like, hey, did you go fishing? Yeah. Do you get anything? Three. What'd you fish with? Minnows. That's it. Like, there's no beyond, there's no conversation that... Okay. Your stepdad, you might just be terrible at conversation. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think he might just hate my guts. <laughs> that's what we he's call this group. one word answers to your questions here. You're yeah. giving him a lot of openings and he's just swatting them away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, how many times are, how long can you make that conversation that you went out and you caught three fish? I don't know. So you I'm could try that. that into fishing. I know that you're not like looking to move on from sports, but I think that even when things are shitty, which they are here, it's still more fun than anything else. That's probably what I need to keep in mind, that I'm doing it for fun and not as an expression of who I am as a person. I also think the interesting, a good thing that makes sports better than anything else is, um, I, maybe I've said this on the podcast before. I probably have a bunch of times because I think it's really interesting. But I remember reading something, an article or something else, where someone said, uh, sports is the last outpost of truth in a world where Paris Hilton can be famous. Uh, so I think there's something to that too, which is you can't fake it with sports. Like the, the most famous and the most popular and the best guys just work the hardest and are the best in general. There's no like, there's not a whole lot of luck involved with, um, I mean, there's some luck, but not a ton of it as opposed to other aspects of life. So that part's true. I like that too. All right. What did this conversation started out with you asking about uh, your wives and how they helped you out with disappointment? Is that right? Yeah, or how they dealt with it when you were mad at a sporting event. And your answer was, I never get mad at sporting events, partially because I don't care and partially because I'm far too smart for that. Not too smart. I have divorced so myself from emotion for a long time. And I also I just wanted to point <laughs> out that my two answers uh, somehow uh, ended up being, uh, my wife doesn't respect me and my stepdad hates me, just so you know. <laughs> that's, where, that's, how, that's where this one ended up. <laughs> I don't know what sports, but I got to work on my family dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, I yeah, um I don't know. It's just I think the the older I get, the harder I I the harder of a time I have in actually investing a ton of emotion um in general. I don't know. John, is it the same for you? Are you just as sad now as you were 20 years ago no. when you were a teenager? No, I'm not. not even close. I wonder I'm not, as, I'm not as broken up about sports as I was 5 years ago. Yeah, I'm the same way. I wonder where that comes from because I don't know if that's just a natural aging thing or if it's just us in particular because I feel like the guys I know that are crazy Viking fans or whatever have always been the crazy Vikings fans, but I don't know. It's you and me, John. We're growing. I don't know. Stu, do you have any insight here? No, just, you know, you get older and it gets to be less, you know, just 
other things gain more importance or just take priority and you don't you don't get as high and you don't get as low, which is, you know, one day at a time and letting the chips fall where they may give a hundred and ten percent with your back against the wall. Do you think that it's possible to have the same highs though, just without the lows? No. It just I don't think it's this I just don't I mean unless your priorities are so out of whack that you're like, you know, you're living like in Larry Spooner's van that you're just you know, you live and die for the Vikings and that's all you have that are your Sundays. Mm-hmm. I don't and I don't think that's the normal fan experience when you get older unless you're really bad at like marriages and keeping jobs. And I just, I just think you end up, it's just not that big a priority because other things are more important. Now, I totally agree with that. I, and I think that's a perfect point of if the twins are terrible or, or like now the wild are, are getting bounced from the playoffs, you can, you have somewhere else to turn and have a lot of other things to, to turn oh, yeah. your mood around or at least spend your time or whatever. But my question is if this is probably a bad example because it's really extreme, but if the wild, were on a run and I had um, been watching every game of the playoffs and we got uh, and they won the Stanley Cup, would I be just as happy and have just as much fun celebrating the Stanley Cup as John, who has watched all the games this year? Why can't I be just as happy as him? Is, it, is that not possible? I don't think so. I just, I just don't. It doesn't feel like it's possible, but I'm wondering why it's not. Like, can't I just be crazy happy? I think it's possible. Because that's the way to do it right there. I don't think, I I don't see why you couldn't be just as excited. You might have to, you might have to sort of lie to yourself a little bit. This has always mattered. (laughs) I I don't see why not. Yeah, I don't know either. I feel like if things are going bad, you, uh, you hedge with going and doing something else, whether it's hanging out with your fucking family or something stupid like that or you know, running errands and getting something else done while your team loses. That's how you hedge. But then if things are going great, then you are all in emotionally, 100% on this thing. And you don't have to hedge in any way. And then you can you get to ignore your family, which is amazing, and ignore errands, which is also great, and just you're, you're in it. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's the goal. We'll obviously never know because our, our teams are horseshit and there's no end in sight for any of them. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, I, maybe it's possible. I, I'll, I'll give you an example. So last Saturday, I was at a Minnesota Swarm lacrosse game because I got free tickets, and I realized about Tuesday last week that it was the last game of the season, and so this free ticket that I had was going to expire, and so I figured I might as well use it. And so my brother Dave and I went went to the Swarm game, and there's a certain there's a certain amount of fun in just completely turning your self awareness off and celebrating when the swarm scores a goal, like you've been following them all season and you're really excited about stuff. And I know, I don't know the first thing about lacrosse. I don't understand anything about it, except that when the ball goes in the net, it's celebration time. Oh yeah. Roofies for everybody. They ended up, they ended up winning in overtime and their goalie made a bunch of huge saves. Although near as I can tell any save in lacrosse is a surprise. So (laughs) stand there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the goalie made like 65 saves and every one of them the crowd reacted like wow how did he do that the goal t- the goalie in lacrosse wears shoulder pads that are literally the same width as the goal i'm not exactly <laughs> really? sure how anybody ever scores 
but the games finish 15-14 every time, and the crowd reacts like, oh my goodness, he got hit with the ball, because the guys fling the ball so fast, there's no actual moving to make a stop. You're just sort of lunging like a soccer goalkeeper in a penalty shootout, just picking a side, and if the ball hits you so much, so good. But yeah. So, anyway, there's a certain amount of fun in just really getting excited that the Swarm just won in overtime, even though you can't name a single player on the team, and you didn't know until you went on Wikipedia the day of the game that the Swarm have already missed the playoffs for the year. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I, I totally agree with you. I'm thinking back now that you mentioned that. Um, the only similar example I have is my cousin played high school hockey, and it was just good games, competitive team or whatever. And I would go to these games and be crazed fan, you know, just because he was in the team and whatever. And if they won, I was super pumped. And if they lost, I was like, nah, fuck it. You know, I don't know. I haven't invested a bunch of hours in this, but I was still super happy when they won. So I think that's, that's the key. I don't know how to make it happen, but, uh, that's the dream. I've, I've discovered over the past couple of years doing this baseball road trip with our good friend, Mike Rand and our not, so good friend rocket who hates us all our enemy that minor league baseball is far far more fun than major league baseball these road trips we we've gone to a couple of major league games one in kansas city and one in st louis and then a bunch of minor league games in random iowa places i think i've seen the burlington bees play four times in the last two years in various iowa ballparks and it's just always really fun Mm -hmm. it's really fun to just sit in the second row and drink six beers for a total of eight dollars and just sit there and enjoy watching baseball without any of the the you know overproduced marketing crap that goes on in a major league game. Like, oh, it's the Budweiser half inning, blah blah blah. Is that honestly more fun than watching two drunk guys spin around with their foreheads on a bat and then fall over? I've never I not loved that. that. It is not. Yeah, I'm with you. So I think the so. key to sports <laughs> fandom is uh, don't invest emotionally. That's absolutely. I think that that's is pretty much. Lame. That's the silver bullet right there. Except in that rare instance when you do invest emotionally in something good. Until happens, they win it all, there's, and, yeah. there's nothing better than that. Invest emotionally <laughs> once that uh, uh, the 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 last out has been caught and your team is won. Invest then, emotionally two seconds before the championship <laughs> is won. Then the go all in. Of sports fandom. <laughs> then scream as loud as you can. Yeah then this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And point out the whole night of like, I wasn't even around for the bad times. This is amazing. <laughs> Getting fights. This is awesome. They've never been bad as far as I know. <laughs> I just turn them off when they're bad. This is great. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, I think the Wild are our only chance for, for a good long time to, uh, to see any success of this anyway. So that might... Yes, I'm pretty sure that's over. And every other one of our teams sucks, so we're waiting for next wild season. I was going to say, it's not over We've from a long-term perspective. we got 12 months to wait, everybody. One more year until something good could happen to us. Yep, yep. Even our soccer team is terrible. It's amazing how bad we are at everything. Um, I do love Maybe that we are... Maybe the links are good. Maybe the links will be good this summer. What do you think? Yeah, I can't wait to go to that downtown riot when they win. Haven't they won? Do you have any... Do you have any interest? Because you love basketball, Brandon. I do. Does Does the WNBA hold absolutely no interest for you? Correct. No interest. I I love dunks, man. I, I call them basketball dingers. <laughs> no, okay. I don't know. It's That's... just it's just not for me. I I don't know what else to. Stu, is your interest in the links also nothing? 
it's more than nothing, but I can't call myself a super fan. I mean, I go, I go watch a game, sure. Yeah, you go to a couple games a year, it seems like. Well, you know, when your daughter has an interest in basketball, that kind of helps to do that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like, you know, you know who would be at the riot? It would be like the guys who are angry about people paying attention to women's sports. It's like, you shouldn't be celebrating this because they're not as good as guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be a bunch of Go home. activists shitholes or something like that. <laughs> sure, another victory for women. Yeah. Yet some, another one. They'd have like pictures. When is it going to be men's turn? They'd have pictures of Jay Robinson's best mad quotes about Title Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I don't. But yeah, I mean, it's no, I I I mean, I'm, I don't consider myself a fan, you know, at all. But I, you know, I I have gone to games. I would go to games, you know, when the play playoffs show up. It's usually like in the middle of like when there's nothing else on. So it's you know. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh. Um, we got the Women's World Cup coming up this summer. That should be fun. Yeah, I'll watch that. Okay. That's fun. Oh, yeah. I do love that the Twins are in the midst of their um, two-week resurgence and makes people get all excited before they shit the bed again. This happens every single year in May or June, and, uh, and we love it. They're guys. Uh, it's happened every – I feel like we have this conversation on an annual basis of uh, – some people are like, ah, I mean, you just squint kind of and you can see something there. And then we all get sucked in and then they go on a 12-game losing streak. Their first 40 games every year, they they have 20 wins and 20 losses. And we're all like, I don't know, maybe. And then their next 80 games, they win 20 and they lose 60. Yes, exactly. So I'm really looking forward to that happening uh, yet again this year. Um, I don't know how you expect them to compete without Eduardo Nunez in the league. Old Eddie Nunez, yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's the a other cog. Eduardo, the other Eduardo has five ribbies tonight. So Ed Clarence Escobar, Eddie Ed Escobar, his guy Ed has five ribbies. Easy wow. E, just showing up to and the ballpark. My, guy, my my pick to click, my stud Kenneth Vargas hit a three run ding dong into like the cheap seats, as I like to call it. What is the score right Ooh. now? It is thirteen to nothing. Just jacks. <laughs> Here we are criticizing the Twins, and they're winning 13 to nothing right now. Well, I mean, why would we not believe in the long-term success of Ed Escobar having five ribbies and Kenny Vargas <laughs> with his 500 OPS hitting a three-run jack? That can happen constantly. And Kyle Gibson, who has struck out three players all season long, throwing a shutout. Super sustainable. I'll tell you guys one thing that came out of this podcast. So a couple of weeks ago on this podcast... We talked about Jordan Schaefer having an OPS plus that was minus 47 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So about the same time as that podcast, I had to turn in um, half of the Twins scorecard that John Bonus puts together for every home series. I, I wrote the Twins side of that, so I had to turn that in. And part of it is writing about numbers. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Minus 22, that doesn't happen real often. So I went back and I listed the top the five worst OPS plus seasons for any twin ever writing about a little about OPS plus and what that was. And then listing out the five worst ones and Christian Guzman in 1999 had a 39 OPS plus, which makes him 60% worse than the normal My God. player, which I thought was interesting. I got to tell you, 
for a team run scorecard, that stat did not end up making the final cut. Ah. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what John put in there instead of that, but I feel a little bit bad that I, because I didn't even really think about it because I just get so used to working with John Bonus that it's entirely independent and stuff like that. I'm sure that John looked at that scorecard and was like, I can't, what the? I can't submit that to the team to put in there. Worst that. players here, ever. <laughs> two players have struggled, and here are the worst ones that we, the franchise, have put on the field for you to pay your money to watch. Thanks for paying a dollar for this scorecard. Now, <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah, it's an exciting It's an exciting May so far, or exciting first six weeks of the season for the for our Twinkies. Hey, you never know. I, and this, yesterday was my favorite ever Twins, not favorite ever, but my favorite Twins transaction of the year so far, in which Eduardo Nunez had to go on the di- disabled list. So did they bring up Josemiel Pinto, Aaron Hicks, anybody like that to fill the spot? No, they brought up Dougie Bernier, who's Un- back again. fucking believable. He's my age. He's 34. That's not good. He is, as, as Wade pointed out today, he is actually Clarence Swamptown. He's 39 years old, not good at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen them both in the same room, that's for sure. Never seen them both in the same room, and he's back in the major leagues. Presumably because Eduardo Nunez is an incompetent shortstop, and therefore the Twins felt like they had to replace like for like, apples for apples, as I call it. That's the only Why thing not? that makes sense. It's a, that's but the only plausible explanation. They're goddamn lucky that old... Easy E has got five ribbies right now, so no one's paying attention to that transaction because that's horrible. It just doesn't make any sense. Escobar's back does hurt pretty badly from carrying this team. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any sense of, or do you have an opinion on this? Aaron Hicks is all of a sudden amazing, and now we're sad that he hasn't been called up, even though he's been bad for a while. Kerfuffle, if I mean, you will. He's. He was terrible. They called him up two separate times in the major leagues, and he was absolutely terrible both times. And I know that he's been decent at AAA and stuff, but maybe he should not be first in line to be called up. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you, except when the other guy first in line is Doug Bernier. <laughs> that's that's the whole. That's yeah. I think Brandon has the trump card there. Yeah, I the guy who has I, like a a one percent chance of succeeding. Over a guy who has a negative 22% chance. Yeah. One isn't good, simple. but it is a positive yeah. number. <laughs> yeah, I admit, I admit that my opinion is shaded my, but by my desire to punish Aaron Hicks for being bad. For, for, for giving you hope when you, there was no hope to be had. <laughs> I still go back to that, that one episode we did where you guys were all enthusing about Aaron Hicks, and I was... And I said, let's let him play one game in the major leagues before we start anointing him as the second. <laughs> we were like, fuck you, John. I'm never fuck right about stuff like that. <laughs> so I keep bringing it up, even though that makes me one for 5,000 on this podcast. I do feel like uh, fans dislike Aaron Hicks to a really strong degree. Is it because he l- seems kind of sour in general, or is it because Guardy's. 5,000 subtweeting quotes about him over the past couple of years or because yeah. he's just been generally every- bad, right? I mean, he's not been like the worst of all time and it's not like he was absolutely a surefire, unbelievable. He's just, you know, guys, look at Josh Donaldson, whatever his name was. I know it's not a great um, comparison because now he's an all-star or whatever, but he struggled for a long time. You know, it, it happened. So I, I just don't know why. 
I, I mean, again, I, I'm with Stu. He's got a 1% chance to becoming a really good player, but I don't know why everybody is so anti-Hicks. Cause is, is it because we love Guardy? No, I think people just want to see him punished because he was terrible, and every time he's four minutes late for uh, to show up in the clubhouse or something, it's in the paper. Because of Guardy. Subtweeting that yeah, motherfucker. Well, it used to be because of Guardy, but it happened again this spring. Oh, did so it? Maybe okay. it's more of a Gary that. Ryan thing. Someone's oh, leaking some info. play for something. He doesn't respect the game, care about things. Yeah, uh, exactly. Make sacrifices, do a photo of Brian McCann or whatever you're supposed to do. No, that's that sounds right. Well, so I don't know. Well, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, the Aaron Hicks roller coaster really has been fun from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see the conclusion. Somebody, somebody said the other day that Andrew Elvers is back in the majors. Is that true? You're goddamn right, he's back. Yes, yes, that's my guy. <laughs> Just 77 wins, or 72 he left. win number four on well, his way to 80. Well, if we include Korea, he's seeking, like, win seven. Because yeah. <laughs> he was really bad there, too. <laughs> <laughs> this could be his year. It could be, he's, he's the Josh Donaldson of left-handed slop. Yes. He's going to struggle, but then eventually he's going to be an all-star. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Let's, let's hope to God. Um, I still care. I'm still in this corner. Um, another perfect Go example of, of uh, having no expectations. Poor Brandon. Got, got one fact wrong, and we've mercilessly ridden him for it ever since then. Well, I mean, I really got that one wrong. Yeah. I don't know how you screw <laughs> up. Like, that would be sort of the equivalent of me being like, hey, you guys hear about this Dougie Bernier prospect that they just brought up? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's had a couple of rough seasons, but he's young. I just, think, you just know, drafted him recently. Major league hits. It would be like uh, confusing Doug Bernier with like uh, uh, Nick Gordon. Yep. Like he's got a bright future. No, he's fifty. I know he's young, but not my best. Not my best moment. Um, all right, I'm out of happen. I'm out of sports things to talk about. Do we have anything to mention with the Wolves? When's the draft? The draft? Uh, well, the the lottery is in two weeks. Uh, two weeks from today or whatever. The, I think the 20th. So uh, we'll probably get the, I don't know, second pick, third pick. And um, the guy who is my most hated on the draft board, for at least for the top three, four guys, is Jal- Jalil Okafor. Um, just an offense. Why is he your most hated? He's an offense uh, minded center, and I just don't think if you look at the league and the guys that are really good, that's not really the way to build your offense these days with the NBA. Um, you need a defensive minded center like Carl Anthony Towns, my guy, Kitty Cat. Um, so I'm sure that we'll end up with Okafor. He's he's Al Jefferson 2.0. Did you is, is Willie Cauley Stein going to be a first round pick? Yeah, he's going to be like a top ten pick. Yeah. Did you see the story about him changing his name the other day? Yeah, Trill. He changed his middle name to Trill, which is awesome. Will Trill. More people should do that. Tell you. I love that. Why wouldn't he name himself Trilly, though? Yeah. It's right there for him. And this is a... (laughs) He probably did because his mom would have probably gotten furious at him for changing his name to something so dumb. 
but the middle name you can kind of get away with probably middle name is like an upper shoulder tattoo if you don't yeah, want anybody like your, to know they don't need to know you're named after like you know the uncle that nobody really likes or a really shitty saint from the bible that's, <laughs> yeah. that's your middle that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. those are the rules yeah <laughs> like that jerk off ball pretty much <laughs> oh yeah no I think that's who the wolves will end up with and it makes me really sad Willie Colley Stein? No, uh, Okafor. Uh, Colley Stein is a good defensive center, but there's been, and it's probably all rumors or whatever, but like he's one of those guys that doesn't necessarily love basketball. Like he just likes it, which doesn't probably bode well for these hyper competitive, crazy pro, whatever. Um, like, uh, what's his face? Andrew Bynum. He liked basketball, he didn't really love it. <laughs> He was more like, well, I'm six foot eleven, so I'm gonna have to play basketball, but I'm not gonna have to like it. His true passion, and this is not a joke, was building computers. Really? Can you imagine? Yeah, seven two, four hundred pound Andrew Bynum just loved taking apart a computer and putting it back together. That was his deal. Man, I like Andrew Bynum a lot more now. Yeah, learn something every day. Um, How come I didn't know about this a long time ago? Well, it's a boring anecdote about a guy you don't care Uh-oh. about. <laughs> there goes Sophie again. Oh, oh boy. Two. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, she comes. She's in. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is Sophie, Ashley. no! No! <laughs> Steve is a good man. Sophie is here whining right now. I think she needs to go to Uncle Out. Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, we can wrap up. Wife, yeah, my wife fell asleep on our anniversary while I was doing oh, the right. podcast. Oh, that's that's uh, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. No, we took we went out for our anniversary on Saturday, and actually we met the Broxies and watched the uh, very fantastic Game Seven with the Broxies and the Floyds at Libertine with EDM music just pounding, pounding. We can drop. I gotta have that drop. You got to have that drop, but it was a hell of a game. But we just—I had a ringing headache after watching the game, just from the the, the booms, booms, booms in my ear. But Old so yeah, man. tonight, tonight, yeah, like tonight, we we took the kids out for Froyo to celebrate with them, but which was fine. That's good. You got a double celebration. We got a double celebration, so like double mint twins, but not really twins. That made no sense. Just like that, yeah. All right, well, Sophie is um, telling us to wrap it up. the end of the podcast. So, yeah, sorry, Sophie. We're almost done here. All right, this has been Murder Dave and the Sports Hernias. I love you guys. Goodbye. Stretch it out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.